You are now listening to For All Nerds Show, a podcast about geek and pop culture from the perspective of people of color. For All Nerds is hosted by DJ Ben Amin, Tatiana King-Jones, and Jeff J. Our show is edited and produced by DJ Ben Amin, and For All Nerds Show is a member of the Loudspeakers Network, where we always say rest in peace to our founder, Combat Jack. For All Nerds Show is powered by our listeners. Everything we do from our podcasts, live events, our website, are all independently funded. Please continue to support us through our Patreon page at patreon.com slash for all nerds. Welcome to the Fan Bros, the show where the bros are fans. And what's up, y'all? Welcome to another episode of the For All Nerds Show. Thank you all for listening to the voice of the Urban Geek. And as always, it's your boy, DJ Ben Amin, a.k.a. Halal Jordan, Petty Rug Spin, Method Man Splaining, Meat Mill House, Dr. Whose Mans is this, here on the spaceship tonight. Thank you for joining us. As always, I'm joined by... Tatiana King-Jones, the Grand Duchess of Tech, also known as Edward Scissorhands, Aaron Jaegerbaum, Stone Cold Steve Flawson, Rita Aurora Chimaru, Flex Luthor, Lambo Calrizzi, and Chance the Parappa. Uh, all right. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Someone that was count. seven. <laughs> for those keepers who are home, that was seven, Ali. <laughs> and as you already heard in the third seat, we have... Jeff J, a.k.a. Neil Deadass Tyson, Travis Scott Summers, Brainiac, Five Racks, Seven of Nine Nine Problems, and The King in the North Face. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Shout out to I'm Just Dio. I appreciate you for letting me use that. Yes. Yo, he came in my mentions and he was like, yo, has anybody ever used that? I was like... No, and this is a travesty. travesty. I want to bring this to light. Yes, and shout out to Aunt Pooh for hitting me with Petty Ruxpin. You know, I feel nice. like I've used that one before, but, you know, I had to bring it back. Thank you. There we go, because I am very petty today. Mm. Oh, my God, the levels of petty are about to get so ridiculous. Uh, shout out to everyone out there for listening, everyone who subscribed, iTunes, YouTube, all these different places. You can find us. We're everywhere. Make sure you're following us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Nerds everywhere just google it hit subscribe hit that like leave a comment five star rating wherever you at you know just big us up love us patreon.com for all nerds thank you to everyone who has been supporting the support is out of control we are loving it you know very soon that first month is going to pass and you'll be able to get your benefits all them great things coming Mm -hmm. your way it's going to be beautiful so if you haven't joined up yet patreon.com slash for all nerds Go get you some of that good stuff. Indeed, man. Mm-hmm. Mad behind the scenes stuff coming too. Oh, oh, I mean, all kind of, you know, just the levels. The levels keep rising. The petty levels are rising. <laughs> the levels of greatness are rising. Everything is going to the top up in here. But let's get to the petty. Because, you know, <laughs> uh, man, I, I just got to, we just got to get right into it. It's been a beautiful week. I've just been feeling so good. You know, people out here burning white Nikes. Like, of course they have white Nikes that they're going to burn. Like, my man, you know, of course the, the Nikes will be white. Like, you know, it's just, it's, just, it's everything's falling apart for fools. You know, that it's just you chain of fools. Air, Air Monarchs are the universal sign for uh, 
conservative white America I, I, who's know, fed up and intolerant. I don't even know what the air monarchs are. That's how you can tell. Like, yeah. Well, yeah. they were popularized by uh, Seattle Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. Oh, there he, we go. He, ro- he oh. rocked them out. No, you know, Pete Carroll's cool, yeah. but he was rocking them like they were Jordans. Oh, okay. And it was, it was styling. Like, if you're a dad, if you're like a dad who's like middle age and you want to style, it's monarchs all day. But, you know, you got people who are boycotting stuff that they already bought and damaging the stuff, you know, that they already have. But, yeah, y'all don't want y'all, y'all Nikes, you know, stop. Send them all to me. Or, in fact, get off the sneakers app so I can get some Word when up. it drops. What idiot pays for the Nike product, whether socks, shoes, or some dumbass that had a pillowcase, and then turns around and destroys your own property? As if it's not already a sunk cost, and as if Nike don't already got their funds. Well, you know, when we talk about this level of petty that we wanted to talk about today, this goes back to it because the Comics Gate, for those who don't know, you know, for the last few, six, seven, eight, I don't know, forever, you know, you know, angry white men are going to be angry white men forever. But they decided to adopt this new hashtag, Comics Gate, over the last year or so, and they've been pushing for what they claim is more diverse, not more diversity. You know, I don't know what the hell they're actually pushing for other than racism. And, you know, pushing back on the same old thing that we've had before. Oh, my God. Look who stepped in here. Oh, no. Yeah, no, no, no. We can't go any further. We can't go any further. Lord have mercy. Do you see this? Look at this. Look at this. (laughs) (laughs) Sit down for a second. You know. I'm hot. Come on. When we talk about petty, you know. (laughs) Okay, so y'all did call my name. Okay. We was literally in the middle talking about petty. Wow. Yes. And look who. So here I am. Look who is here. Mr. Asante. Yes. How you doing, sir? Hey, Asante is in the building. A.K.A. Blang, which is my Shinobi Striker. That's my ninja's name. Okay. I've been playing. I'm only here tonight to get work out of the way, and then I'm going right back home so I can keep playing. I'm on level 29. I need to be on level 100. Mm. I need to be A1. Okay. S1. Well, yeah, actually, before you walked into the spaceship, we were talking about the comics oh gate, the racist. Black people up in here. Yeah, I mean, all you know, all the, the AC only people. works in a few places. So it's good, good to go <laughs> know that it's one is in Spotty, here. Copy. All right, Falcon is a you know piece of junk. But as you know, we were talking about comics gate. I don't know if you're familiar with comics gate. I'm not. Okay, well, it's basically a movement amongst you know mainly angry white men who want comics mm. and mm. keep them to go back to the way they were before. When they so were the way ex- they had it. Yes, when they were the exclusive people. And before, <laughs> things like Friend Zone and the For All Nerds show, you know, just blossomed out. Before we had our own voices where we could say whatever we wanted to say. Yes. They want us to go back to being silent. Mm. Why can't they just put earplugs in? Oh, why can't they just turn the channel? Exactly. Because we're everywhere, that's why. And they just mad. Oh, that's they, true. They, we they, are everywhere. Well, they, they probably so don't know because their mother's basement only still has basic cable, so they can't really, <sighs> you know. Get that stuff. All these things are quite true. And so this week there was kind of an an implosion amongst this comic state because it's been building up and building up. And so finally a lot of comics creators came out and was like, yo, we got nothing to do with y'all. Like, we hate y'all. Like, y'all are clowns. Don't claim our name. Don't even think about this. We are for di- You know, a lot of white men who are established in the business came out and, no, we're for diversity. We right. want more of this. You know, this is what the world needs. And y'all are just wrong. And so it's like a lot of these people for a year or so had been building up, like, you know, trying to get the attention of the comments industry. Right. Mm-hmm. And then when they finally got the attention, they were like, <laughs> like, y'all You're trash. Worst. 
you know, so I'm just over here cackling at it all. Just, I mean, it's just been one of the best weeks of my life because I just finally see, you know, like everything we've been talking about on this show forever. You know, people are finally like, no, no, okay, push that back into the hole right. where it belongs. True like, colors let's, yeah, shining like, through. Yeah, let's, Absolutely. let's grime this out are all you, the way. Are to you nothingness. reading any comics? Um, so I actually am still in the middle of the Wicked and the Divine. Yeah. Where are you at? Where you at right um, now? So don't blow it up. Don't blow it up. I have to yeah, no spoilers. But okay, where are you well, at? no spoilers. But it's the comic. It's the particular issue. I think I want to say thir- between thirteen and fifteen, maybe Ooh, further d- yeah. uh, down. But it's where they're doing like the editorial pieces on each one. Oh, oh yes. that shit looks yes. so. First of all, the story is dope as fuck. But the way that they <laughs> deliver it is so dope. So like, ill. I like that it was like reading fucking Vanity Fair on yes. certain people. I was like, oh, this is really classy. The I like this voting. issue. Yes, yes, it was yes. really, really dope. Yes. But uh, I'm reading that right now. I was gonna go start. Um, uh, what's the Black Falcon? Not. Uh, <laughs> I, I was gonna start that, but the Black Falcon. Not the Black Falcon. Um, damn, I'm fucking this up. Black bad. Panther. Not bl- no, not no, Black Panther. Yeah, let's not do that. You're not uh, talking about War Machine. Yes, no, no, no not War Machine. Captain America. Yeah, who's the oh, Black? Oh, oh, Falcon, the Falcon is yeah, Captain yeah, America. Falcon. Yeah, Falcon, yeah, he has yeah, a yeah, comic yeah, book yeah. series. And I was like, okay, I you like the covers. You trying to say Black Captain America. Yeah, I, I didn't know which one, but I was like, mm, the story, I heard a lot of people say the story wasn't that You're good. You're not missing so nothing. Like, See? You're not missing shit. But that new Captain America, well, I mean, he's white again, though. With Coast? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, now that, yeah. If you want to read something, read, or read Falcon before the new one started. Mm. Uh, even yo, you know, um, Nick Spencer's Falcon. Read that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sam Wilson, Captain America. Please, not okay, okay, Falcon. Okay. That happened after that. Does Fury have a comic book series? Nick Fury. Yeah, he did. Absolutely. It was a, I thought he was talking about Kid Fury. I was like, you thought this nigga got something else? The fuck? I mean, <laughs> I, at this point, knows? I can't believe Fury doesn't point. have a comic book yet. At I mean, this point, you know, to be honest. <laughs> I was about to be like, yo, dog, can I, I just need 20. Yeah, no, the, 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 the Nick Fury series that just came out is really dope and yeah. well worth checking out. Yeah, and it's short because it got canceled. I think it only made like 12 issues. But yeah, it was really well done. Okay, so, you know, I'm going to side rail. I don't know what y'all planned today. Yeah. Uh-huh. But uh, Human, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., has anybody been watching that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so... Yeah. Can we talk... Have y'all been talking about this on here? Yes. Are we getting more black people next season? Okay. No. <laughs> I mean, not that that needs to be a thing, but you know, I, I'm tired of. Mac. Uh, I mean, what else? I was about to say, I'm tired of Mac. <laughs> I, I love. Oh, you need somebody new. Mac is stressing you. <laughs> you know, I, I live for Mac because you know he's this big fine teddy bear, whatever. But he be whining too much. And That's the best. You he been through a lot. Though. I can't. He has. He been you know, his brother life. was on there. The, the, the daughter. You know, yeah, the Mac whole... has had a hard life on the show. Yes, <laughs> and he should have a hard life off the show. I need me another black person. Maybe a black woman. He's had a hard life you know, off of the show. I mean, I just put him back in the machine. Put him back in oh, the framework. No. Yeah, he. he oh, that's no. what he wants to be. Yeah. He want to be with his baby. Put him back in the framework. Oh my god. I'm just saying. Yo, that's the Harriet Tubman quote. I would have freed more slaves if they knew they were slaves. Oh, my God. Oh, Oh, my God. Well, you know, I mean, also, in this intro, we were supposed to be talking about, you know, I'm just lost right now. We were supposed to be talking about Black Panther dropping on Netflix, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It came out today. today. It's on there today? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. You know, I just cursed Netflix out the other day because I had, uh, you know, when you check your queue and something's gone, you're like, damn, what happened to this? Blade Runner was gone. I was like, damn, I ain't even started. You got to watch it while. Who else got your password? It's on my HBO Go. Oh, tons of people got passwords. See, that, well, that, got that's where profiles. it went. Somebody else decided to watch nah, it. No, they didn't they watch it. Because, you know, it, it would have been like, uh, because you watched this, you yeah. should watch these. I'm like, I didn't watch that. <laughs> like, I didn't watch what this. What you suggesting this shit for? 
I didn't watch that. What you mean? Run this back. Talking about thumbs up or thumbs down? No thumbs. I didn't watch it. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. That's how you know when people been on your shit. You see it's like 43 minutes in. He's like, no, we need to go back to zero. Who's been on this? Right. Who? Black Wait. people. Oh. <laughs> and it's a family plan. Come on, man. Make make a new profile. Watch some shit. Delete it. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that's a no, big fact. No, for real. Right? This that's is the fact. Netflix password sharing etiquette. Make your own account or your own profile mm-hmm. so I don't have to see your shit. Yeah, word. Right? Word. Like, don't. Be, up my recommendations. Yes. Nice. Not Netflix telling me I want to watch Marlon show season one. I didn't watch <laughs> season one on Netflix. I'm not watching season two on Hulu. Don't suggest this for me. Shout out to Brisha Webb. I love her. She's the only reason I would. Yes, watch. love Brisha. Yes, yes. And Essence Atkins. I don't hate the cast. Hmm? I am with that. <laughs> I think we're going I to say take she's a, good actress. a quick break. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll be right back with more from the Four All Nuggets show. Yo, come back anytime. <laughs> Hey, this is Boots Riley. And whenever I'm running through the city, driving through the city, running from the police, turning them corners, trying to figure out how to make my escape, I quickly turn the radio station to the one that plays podcasts so that I could check out the Fan Bros Show. Keep it locked. Enjoying this episode of the For All Nerds Show. Our own sound effects in the spaceship. That's how we do it. But tonight, as always, we have an extra special guest. You know, we bring you the best of every world, and tonight is no different. Joining us is one of the creative geniuses. Wait, let me get the title right. One of the executive producers of the hit HBO series, Random Acts of Flyness. Let's all welcome Kelly Robbins Hicks to the spaceship. Thank you. Thank you. Feeling the love. Yes. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. (laughs) This is so interesting, folks. Uh, (laughs) So this this is more interesting for me, because full disclosure... You know this ninja right here, but I mean, like, this isn't just like, oh, he, he like, stalked you on Twitter and you say, yeah, I'll come through. You actually know him personally. I actually know him personally. She knows personally. me as Ben. Yeah, actually. Whoa! Checking in, I said, I'm here. The name is Nick. They were like, who? Wow. Like, who? Wow, who? I'm going to be on blast. I'm going to bleep all that to the word. Yeah. They wow. were like, Ben Hamid, and I was like, oh, I actually said your whole government name. Wow. You know him by the name his mama gave him. Yes. And I know his mama. Wait, wait. That means, okay, so that means not only do you know him, you grew up with him now. Yes, we grew up together. How old were you guys? Like when you first met? Oh, I don't even know. Yeah, no, this story. There's back. no like meeting. Yeah, it was just like you guys. I mean, he's knew. been he's been in my life. Yeah, since it's just like the Big Bang and then y'all friends. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah wow. Exactly. That's pretty much how it happened. Wow. Yeah, like because she grew up on the same street as one of my best friends, Andrew mm-hmm. Higgins. Well, I, I'm saying all these government names that I can, <laughs> the Grime and um. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I know the grunt. Like the we grunt can reverse that. Yeah, so 
We grew up together, and you were, I thought you lived on that block. I did not live on that block. No, but you were always on that block. Yes. Everyone was Everyone always was on, on that, that block. block. Everyone. And yeah. so, yeah, we. it's. You've just been cool. Yeah. Yeah. What was cool about Ben I mean that you decided to, like, show, give him the time of day? <laughs> well, no. again, I didn't have a choice. He was just there. Oh. <laughs> no, so this, our family friend, I guess, or. Yeah. Their house, they they had four yeah. kids. Yeah. And two daughters, two sons, ranging probably like a eight year age difference from the yeah. oldest to the youngest. Yep. And they had like an open door policy house. Yeah. And it wasn't a very big house either. That's pretty cool though. But literally like everybody in the neighborhood was at that house all the time. Mm-hmm. You, I like to this day, if I walk up to that house mm-hmm. and the door is locked, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. Yeah. Wow. Word. yeah. And it's still unlocked. To, probably not, I don't think... Maybe just one kid lives there now. Yeah, um, yep. Just, yeah. yeah, just one of them is there now. And but still, cool. like open door policy. Yeah. yeah. So I was friends with the youngest brother and sister, mm-hmm. and he was friends with the older brother. So yep. since everybody was always there, yeah, it was just yeah, everybody's like friends. Cold kids next door clubhouses stuff. Yeah. That's hot. Yeah, the Higgins. Shout out to the Higgins family. Absolutely. Like that is just you know that's family for life. That yeah. is like one of the you know. I mean, changed my life knowing the Higgins and everything, obviously. Same. Yeah, it's just, yeah. So, so what was that experience like growing up in Houston at that time? Like, <laughs> it's got to be it's got to be a very specific type of experience. You know, you know it's really crazy. I don't think I appreciated it at the time. Yeah. I definitely, if you'd asked me as a kid, I'd be like, man, Houston sucks. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to do but go to the mall, go to the movies. Summertime, you go to Astroworld, which... Not even gonna say how confused I was by this Travis Scott Astro World thing. I was so lost. I thought they were rebuilding Astro World. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, they did. They low key did. They did. If it's anything like his album, I want to go. Oh, it was beautiful. It was amazing. Oh my god. Was that like Great Adventure for oh, Six Flags? It's a Six Flags. Flags. Yeah. Yeah. What, what was the name of the club that they used to have at Astro World? Did they have a club at Great Adventure? They had a club in Astroworld? They had a club yeah. at Astroworld. What, like a, like, like, like a club? Like, no, I mean, it was terrible music, but, you know, oh. it was like a club club like for teenagers. I think I saw my first wow. concert at Astroworld. Really? Yeah, Astroworld crisscross. That's right. I knew something told me he was going to say crisscross. Yeah, crisscross. <laughs> Whoa. No, for real. It was amazing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, so you the said. The Mac Daddy and the Daddy Mac. So you said back then, you said you would have. <laughs> As a kid, you would have thought, oh, it was probably boring and same thing, same yeah, thing. Yeah, and I mean, now. It's, it's definitely changed. Yeah. Uh, I, I only get to go back probably a couple of times a year at this point, but yeah. it's got a huge art scene now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably always very culturally rich. Didn't really understand that as a child, uh, but now it's known for, you know, being so culturally diverse. Amazing food, like... It does not get enough love for how good the food is. Past just the barbecue, obviously the barbecue was good. But everything, like some of the best Vietnamese food you probably ever had. Some of the best uh, Mediterranean food you've ever had. Just really deep communities of so many different ethnicities, backgrounds, races, and like authentic stuff. So Houston's dope now. Mm -hmm. It's hot as hell, but it's dope. (laughs) (laughs) Growing up, I don't know if I would have ever really fully understood that. Yeah, I don't think uh, I definitely. I mean, I appreciated Houston, but it was one of the things where I always wanted to move. Like, Same. I always wanted to move to yeah. New York. I always wanted to move to Los Angeles. And like before mm-hmm. the show started, we were talking about we both. I just was in Los Angeles for a year. You spent six years there. Yep. And we were both talking about how we feel like we should love it, but we don't. I. I want to. <laughs> is this a case of like grass is green on the other side? You get there and you're like, oh, it's not what I thought it was. You know, for whatever reason, I always wanted to live in New York. 
LA was never that big of a draw to me for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. But you get there and it's like, this is dope. Or it should be like the beach is here and, you know, the skiing is an hour and a half or two hours away, which I never did. And the sun is always shining. There's great outdoor living, which I actually do miss, like hiking and being outside a lot. Mm -hmm. Food is healthy. So, I mean, I looked the best I ever did. (laughs) I will say that when I lived there. But I just did not like it at all. Why not? Just, why not? The culture shock is it? What's one thing that you yeah. would point to if somebody asked you why you hate LA yeah. or why you dislike LA? I mean, I have my answer, but I'm gonna get so shaded for it. <laughs> Go for it. The people. I was gonna say. Bong. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I say every time. Every time. Could you please expand on that? I mean. It's just such a superficial town. It's a one industry town. I think that's what I've learned at the end of the day is the main problem with LA is it is the entertainment industry and that is it. Mm. And everyone works in it in some capacity or some form. And as a result, everyone is constantly either comparing themselves to what someone else is doing or trying to figure out how you can help them do their thing better. Mm. And it's all just wrapped up in this one thing. Which I love about New York is that it's it's a multi-industry town. Like... It's finance, it's fashion, it's art, Same it's words. TV, it's music, it's, I'm missing advertising, it's sports, it's everything. Blue collar, too. Yeah, it's literally everything. And so when you meet someone here, I think it's normal to do the question of like, oh, what do you do? Yeah. And then if you're not interested in it, you just move on. Mm-hmm. And if you're interested in it, then maybe you have a conversation about mm-hmm. what that person does. But in LA, it's like, oh, what part of the industry do you work in? <laughs> Mm. See, that's what I've always argued about when it comes to New York versus LA. I mean, I'm, I'm a native New York. I'm from Brooklyn, East New York specifically. Uh, um, here we go. <laughs> New York is more genuine. The people are more genuine. Yeah. And I think, like, you feel that, especially as a creative, you feel that energy coming off of people. You could tell. Absolutely. You can tell when people are just there. Like you said, if you have no use, if you are of no use to them, they don't want to speak to you. Right. Or they're not trying to help you out. Or, or better yet, they're not trying to, like, with you and try to build something together yeah. you know? and that's the other thing new york is a hustle town yes like in la i didn't i don't think i ever really had a day job but like nobody did no one <laughs> and, and the thing about la that always it's funny that you say that because i always i always tell them about my la experiences mm-hmm. is that the people are so laid back i'm thinking they're doing this ambient um <laughs> ibuprofen they're like on something because it's like i'm from new york so i'm wild animated i'm very energetic when i speak like i don't know how to chill like i have to yeah. i have to force myself i have to really think about chilling so if like if i'm talking to you like yo we about to go this place like yo da 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 make sure you're 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 set blah 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 and you tell me for show i'm like <laughs> is that an adjective is that a noun is that affirmation is that a question like like you got to give me a little bit of something and i think the one thing about here versus LA that a lot of people will appreciate, especially being um, transplants or just coming here to work for a little while, is that all those interest industries that you mentioned are intertwined with one another. Mm-hmm. So it's not as if it doesn't make sense that you'll be at a, a networking event with somebody in film, somebody on Wall Street, somebody right. in the health sector, a teacher, right. a student. Like, it, it's not abnormal to see that. And if anything, the entertainment industry is the one that you're like, oh, you're, 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 you do this? Like, oh, you, you know, you work in TV, you work in film. That will shock New Yorkers a little bit more than in L.A. Yeah. One of my favorite things about living here and working in the creative industry is when I tell someone I work in TV or film, they're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's just the end of the conversation. 
Yeah. Maybe they want to know more, maybe not. But in LA, it's like, oh, really? Well, well what are you working on? Well, what's the last thing you like, did? You who were you repped by? Everybody got well, to get a job, Yeah, right? she's like, oh, my <laughs> God. You even get to that step. It's like they're already trying to make you prove yourself. Absolutely. That's wild. So so I'm actually glad that we're talking about all of the different experiences, like when it came to how you grew up, when it came to how you are now, where the different places you've been to, different people you've been around. Because all of this is like a microcosm of even something greater. And that's like the general American experience black experience black american experience and also black women in terms of you so when you put that all together it, it gives me a view of a little bit of what um this random acts of flyness is about yeah that's because a great way of putting it because i don't know what it is so <laughs> that's one of the i, I look at it like a, a multifaceted thing because to me that's the best way i can conceptualize it in my mind that's the best way i can grab a hold of something mm -hmm. um it's a lot of different things going on it's a it's a lot of I don't even know if you want to call it just an art piece. Is it is it lessons? Is it you know? Is it strictly film? Is it TV? It's a lot of different things. But in your view, what if there is? Is there a main theme? Um, I think the way we like to sort of think about it is the the pilot, the first episode, is sort of like the hypothesis for the show. Okay. And I think the way you described it is perfect. It's sort of like this multimedia, interdisciplinary look at life in contemporary America. I think Terrence says that in the in the opening of the first episode, um, the beauty and ugliness. Yeah. And while it definitely is a lot about, or mostly about black life, because that's the lens at which we are coming from, I also just like to say it's about life in America, because it doesn't necessarily have to be mm. that specific, because I am an American, right? Like, I'm also a black American, but my life is American, mm. just like anybody else's is that's in this country so it's definitely got a huge like black lens and uh direction that it's toward but it's it's all the things you described and it's not meant it's meant to be whatever you take it which i think is how all art should be right yeah. like we were joking today in the office because a lot of people were seeing on twitter people being like i don't understand like i'm just so confused and it's funny just because it just says to me that we're so used to being fed something mm. versus just allowing ourselves to experience something. And like, you don't have to be confused by the show or if you are confused, that's okay also, but just like take it as it is. What do you think it is, is the answer to the question always, honestly. Like we've given you our experience, you take it and do with it what you will. So how as a creative do you balance that line between explicitly articulating your the point for your show or what the main idea is versus letting the viewer formulate that on their own because it can get misconstrued uh yeah that's something we just had to like give up mm. it was never our point we we definitely had our point of views on things mm -hmm. and we had a few rules in the writer's room which i was so blessed to be a part of as one of the executive producers be able to sit in and sort of give my feedback on throughout the process. But two of the rules that I can think of off the top of my head that were really uh, pertinent to how we did this was do not centralize the oppressor, whatever whoever the oppressor may be. If it's patriarchy or white supremacy or uh, gender binary, whatever that thing is that's oppressing you, we don't want to center that. We want to focus on ourselves. And the second rule was that the show doesn't have to agree with itself. And so in setting that rule, then we're less focused on making sure we're getting our point across and more just like, here's what we're thinking at the moment. Tell me what you're thinking about what I'm thinking. 
versus this is my thoughts and it's fact mm. and you need to agree with me. I mean, I hope you agree with a lot of the things that we said, but maybe not. Yeah. So it's an open conversation it's a, it's, with it's the viewer. It's an open conversation with the viewer. I wonder if it would be a good thing to have that exact disclaimer at the beginning of each episode or would it be the bad thing because it defeats your purpose of letting people just take it as it is and come up with their own viewpoint. Yeah, you know. Because that explanation was like, oh, okay. It clicked a lot for me even though I I figured it out, but it clicked for me. But I wonder. Yeah, I agree. I I, I agree and disagree. Like, it's yeah. sort of the same thing. Um, our creator Terrence is this incredible, beautiful amazing person who literally has changed my life in the way that I think and we are so completely opposite people like he is a full creative and I'm probably like half creative half business and so a lot of times I'm like no we gotta do it this way because people will understand it better and he's like I don't care like let them come to it let them figure it out and so while I agree that it would make it maybe more palatable or easier for more people to, to, to approach it yeah. if it had a sort of disclaimer in front of it. Yeah. Um, that's just not his intent. Yeah. And I, I sort of love the beauty of the ambiguous of you figure it out as you're going along. And it's been so awesome to see the reaction on Twitter and to see people sort of like come into it and figure out like what, what do they think about these things or really like dying to have a conversation with someone about like I need to talk about this I mm. my mind was just blown because I never thought about this this way now on speaking of Twitter and social media this week and a lot lately there's been a big push not a push I would say but more you know there was an article that came out talking about how writers rooms I saw you talking <laughs> about this yes. and how the writers room of random acts of flyness was all black I know I was in the writers room for American Gods and it was very diverse but there was this idea that there's not enough writers to fill this void, which is obviously false. But wild false. Yeah, wild yeah. false. But <laughs> through that, a lot of people were asking about people's journeys. And we always like to ask about people's journeys. And like I said, I grew up with you. And then one day I look up and it's like, wait, this is the Kelly, you know, from down the block. Yeah. And now <laughs> she's an executive producer of Random Mats of Flyness. So could you tell people about how you got to where you are? Sure. And I would say just as a disclaimer, (laughs) (laughs) my journey is much akin to the journeys of people that that article was dismissing. Mm -hmm. Um, The article wasn't, it was lazy. Yes. Mm. Um, Super. Is there is Mm -hmm. a lack of diverse voices in writer's room. There are a lack of female voices in writer's rooms. Yes. It's not because they don't exist. Not at all. It's because there's a system in place and they don't have access to the entry points of the system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in my tweet about that article, I talked about how we had an all-black writer's room, but we also had no prerequisites for our writers. We had six, eight writers, two of which who had written for television before. We interviewed probably... 30 people, and maybe only two others had ever written for television before. We interviewed poets, essayists, journalists, comedians, like you name it. It wasn't about, do you know how a TV writer's room works? Because that doesn't serve us, and that wasn't what we were trying to make. And I think as a result of these sort of rules that have been put in place about writers and writer's rooms, it's why TV is and looks the way it does today. Mm. So... That said, my journey is very similar to that. Um, I wanted to be an actress, and I moved to L.A. to be an actress. I did that for about 
six years and got fed up with LA as we spoke about. <laughs> and I was like, I just gotta get out of this place. I can't do it. I'm gonna move to New York. So my husband and I left, came here, and I had intended on continuing to act. And I tried for about a year here in the city and just started realizing that like this isn't while I love acting and I miss it uh, desperately, it was not it was no longer the life for me to be the waitress at night and the actress during the day. I was getting older. <laughs> I was getting bored. I was tired of being at work while my friends were living their lives mm-hmm. on the nights and weekends. And I was just like, I can't do it. So one of my uh, very best friends, who's also one of the executive producers on the show, he was a producer already and reached out to me. and was like, I'm doing this really micro-budget film. Do you want to come help out? And I was like, okay, I guess. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing, but sure. And I had done some event managing in the past, so it's not too far off. So I production managed a uh, micro-budget film, and after two days on set, I was like, oh, my God, this is it. This is what I should have been doing the whole time. Like, I've been wasting my time. And from there, you know, I've <clears throat> been working in indie film and actually still balancing that with, like, the side job of event production because indie film also pays no money. Um, it's a love. <laughs> and... From that circle and through my, my friend, met Terrence, and we started work on this project February of 2016 um, on a presentation for the pilot. And I worked on that, and then we finished the pilot. We did a full pilot last year, February 2017, and got greenlit by HBO. So it was literally sort of not just being in the right place at the right time, but doing the work, making sure I was always connected with people. Yeah staying busy, staying creative, um, and then doing good work, um, which I think people misunderstand and overlook sometimes. If you do good work, people will hire you. So uh, very much like the writers that don't have the necessary credits, per se, the background background or the prereqs, uh, that was sort of my experience. But I did good work. I did the work, and here we are. I think that's really important because, like, when people were asking that, a uh, good friend of the show, Symphonite, was asking mm-hmm. people to tell their journey. And I wanted to tell my journey, but it's one of those things that I have a very unique journey on how I got to American Gods, and it's not something that everyone can duplicate. Right. And so it felt kind of even being a jerk to mm-hmm. tell this story because if I tell the story, it's like, well, thanks, you know, I can't use that. But what you just said is very important. It's like, And that's what I tell people. What got me there is being open, Mm -hmm. doing good work, being ready at a moment's notice, saying yes to a lot of things, jumping at any opportunity. You know, I mean, I literally jumped at an opportunity (laughs) to get it. (laughs) And then not... How high did you jump, though? Oh, my God. It was one of the moments. And it's like, I look back at the moment. I remember. Yeah, because it's like the moment that, you know, I basically, I mean, I can't even tell this. I've told part of it on the show. But what led to me getting there was interviewing Brian and Michael on on this show. show. Wow. And it was one of those things when I first asked Brian, we were in a room full of other media, and I jumped up and was like, yo, I need you on our show. You know, and that led to boom, boom, boom. But I had no idea that that would lead me there. It was just I wanted him on the show and I wanted to do good work with this show. And that's what, you know, and then being open and ready for opportunities. Another thing I've learned also, even since starting and executive producing the show, is raising my hand. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think Mm -hmm. a lot of times we're afraid to speak up about what we want and we just keep hoping that it's going to, like, happen to us. And I've learned ain't no shame. 
Like, all I can say is, no, we don't want you to do it, or no, we don't need your help. No, it's so scary, though. No, it's so scary for a lot of people. It's scary. Once you get used to hearing it. (laughs) That. And now that, that maybe that's that acting training I yeah, had. Yeah, yeah, no, you're gonna hear it. So no, don't mean nothing to me now. But <laughs> that's what's up. Yeah, once you just say, "Hey, I'm interested. I want to do this. How can I help?" Yeah, and do good work when you get in the door. I, yeah, I completely agree. It's hard because it's not the traditional path. It's mm-hmm. not this like I did this job and then I did this job and then I parlayed that into this thing. It's like. I just stuck around, yeah. and I made that's, good connections, and I raised my hand, and I showed up when it was time to show up. Well, that's good that you say that, because people who listen to the show, even us, until we've learned about how the industry works, a lot of people feel there's only one track. It's yeah. just like, unless you get in through that door with, those, yeah. with that writing guild or whatever, that that's the only way in. But yeah. especially now with the way society is, with the advent of social media and everything else in yeah. between, it's like there are many pathways, and despite what people in the industry or the industry itself will tell you, you do have a chance. Yep, you absolutely do. So that's interesting. That you said. And also, side note, shout out to Sinfinite. Happy birthday. It is yes, her birthday yes, today. Yes, yes, yes. And I know your birthday is coming up too, yes, so happy birthday Friday. as happy well. Happy birthday. Thank okay. you. The Virgos are in the house. Oh. Yes. yes. So, you know what's crazy? I feel like the unconventional path is the conventional path for mm. a lot of these jobs. And because when I'm thinking about how we all got here, it's not the same. It's right. three different ways. And even my path into media is like one of the most randomest paths that you could take. But to me, it's like we we sit in a mindset where we feel like if we don't have the, I woke up and when I, when I saw one day at a time, I said, that is going to be me. And then I went to school and I went to college and I studied this. Right. And then I graduated and I became an intern. Like that is the conventional path. And that doesn't happen anymore because even with the way technology has advanced, we are our own media shops. Look at look at where we are right now. This wasn't possible 20, 30 years ago to mm-hmm. do it at this level with the uh, re- resources that we have. Right. So I, but I, and I also think that the reason why people are hesitant to tell their stories mm-hmm. is because it sounds like a story. Yeah. It doesn't sound like what you would normally do. Like if I told per- people how I got to where I am today, they would say. That, that doesn't sound real. And yeah. I, I would tell them straight up, I believe you because I think about it in the back of my head and it All sounds day. like BS. Yeah. Yeah. But it's being unconventional, taking the chances on yourself, getting the help that you need. I feel like that is becoming the conventional path. And we're just a little hesitant and afraid to admit it. Right. And the other thing about it, though, is like the one thing that I think probably is key for all of us, though, it wasn't overnight. Psh. Like, <laughs> I wish y'all saw, wait, y'all wait, y'all saw wait, the reactions wait. that happened in this room, right? Can you say that louder for the people in the back? Yeah. It wasn't overnight. Thank you. Oh, my God. Like, it may feel like it in that storytelling time, mm-hmm. and it may seem like it. I skipped over, like, 13, 14 years. Yes. <laughs> and, that's, and that's something that I want people to understand. It's like, there's so many times when you feel like, oh, F this. You know, I'm done with this. I'm done with this. But if you don't keep going, you never know. And, you know, Tatiana Jeff knows how many times I've said, yo, yeah. this show, why are we doing this? <laughs> you know, yeah, you know, and that goes That's back to like, actual sound I mean, that goes back even before, you know, even before this show, to Combat Jazz show, you know, to everything I've done. And it's just, but one thing led to another. And it was just seeing it and just, you know, you got to keep on that path. And you can't worry, you know, people are like, oh, I hit this age. Oh, I hit this age. Oh, it didn't happen yet. It didn't. Yeah. 
all that, bro. It, you know, whoever out there listening, it will happen, but you got to keep going. You also, y'all, it's going. a facade, y'all. When people use people like, yeah, I did this and I did that. First of all, especially when you're seeing this on IG and stuff like that, people are picking and choosing what they show you. Yes. You're not seeing the nitty-gritty in between whether they're really working their way up or they're scamming. You don't see all that. You just see the output. So don't use that as your point of saying, oh, well, that person must be successful because they have everything or they looks like they have everything. You don't know what's in between the lines. Yep. And that's why it's we, we repeat this on the show a lot. Like, you got to understand your journey is your journey. And your time is not the same time for mine or as Ben Amin or whoever because – as long as you stay the path and keep reaching out, keep surrounding yourself with people who are smarter than you. And when I say smarter, you also mean in different ways, like, yep. you know, intelligence wise, creativity, like keep going and yep. keep building yourself and you're going to make it. You and, and you'll be surprised what it quote unquote is. You know what I'm saying? Like, make it is not what you thinking right now. That's the other thing. Is also, you'd be surprised what it feels like when yeah. you get there. Because <laughs> yeah. it feels like yesterday and the day before and the day before that. Because you've done the work. That's why, it, it, like, when you get to wherever it is, which is never really a thing anyway, but when you when you get, so for example, when the show aired the very first night, I was like, man, I cannot believe I am the executive producer of a television show on HBO, and at the same time, nothing felt more natural or right, mm. because I had done all of the work. It wasn't like I woke up one day and someone gave me a television show. Like, I gotta go do this now. <laughs> yeah, there were years and years and years of work in a myriad of fields and a myriad of jobs and meeting tons of different people. So, yeah. when you get there and you've done the work for it, it's like, uh, well, yeah, I did it. I mean, because I had, I was there every day doing it. Why do you think people omit those work years and the minutia of the day to day? It ain't sexy. <laughs> So it's almost as if we don't see the director's cut of the curated lives that they yeah, portray oh yeah, on social media. Definitely not. I mean, social media, I hate to talk bad about it because it's got so many. Talk bad about it. No, talk, it's got I love it and I so hate it. many benefits when, <laughs> yeah. it, when it's right and when it works well. And when it but doesn't, when it doesn't, yeah, like the, the, the need to curate our lives to present this image to the public. Like my husband was saying last night, we've all become like brand creators for ourselves facts yeah. versus yeah. like just sharing our lives with somebody else mm-hmm. we become creators or curators of a of our personal brand and for most people it's probably a very inauthentic brand yeah and it's not you know it ain't sexy i mean <laughs> it's silly i'll give you my real i don't care mm-hmm. Showing them L's isn't don't hit don't hit the likes as the same way as no. showing the wins. Mm-mm. But it, I, I do appreciate the authenticity, especially when it comes to creatives of showing the whole process. Yeah. Because shoot, how long has Fan Bros been on? Four years, five. Four, four, all four nerds. Four, four, four all nerds now. Right, right. right. You know what? We should have like a swear jar for for, for Fan Bros. <laughs> we should definitely like have like, to, like I, a Luke Cage. I've, I've been the person that's been like the. Well, technically, it is the For All Nerds yeah. show now. And I got I'm so sick. But yes, but formerly known as FKA Fan Bros. Yes. For All Nerds. Four years. Yes. Four yes. years. Yes. And it's, you've probably seen, because I joined this year, right? Mm-hmm. But I've known of the show for the whole time. And to see the progression, it's crazy. Yeah. But if you, if to, to the casual viewer, everybody's like, oh, Fan Bros been out here. 
technically, well, I'm glad you say that, but we Thorough Nerds has been out here, yeah, but we may not have been here, right? You know, we was in, we was around, we was outside the club, but now. We can get in yeah. now. Next, the next step is to get into VIP without having to dap up the uh, bouncer. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's a progression. Yeah, it and is you, and if you're watching for real, you see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think that's something that can be appreciated, especially someone in your role. So, what is it that you do day to day as an as an EP? Oh Lord, yeah. What does that mean? I, I need, we I gotta, need we the explain. unsexy, the sexy, sure. everything in between. So you know, it's it's varied and different in every aspect of media, that that title of executive producer. And even on our show, it's sort of varied. But uh, I have two producing partners who are with me in the trenches every day. Shout out to Kishori and Jamin. And we are literally uh, in charge of making sure the writer's and director's vision come to life on the screen. And we have to do that within a budget. (laughs) So we are... Uh, you know, getting locations, hiring actors, uh, dealing with music rights, dealing with archive. We have a lot of archival in our show. Dealing with archival licensing, yeah. um, hiring all the crew, and we had and all of our department heads were people of color or women, which I'm very very proud of for this show. And we gave opportunities to a lot of people who, in even in those uh, different categories, were not on that. You know trajectory of I worked on this TV show then I worked on that TV show and now I'm the, the uh, head makeup artist I'm the key makeup artist on this it's, it was literally like Terrence was like I believe in this person I think she's fantastic she's who we're hiring I don't care what her credits are I mean thankfully I we had it was like that <laughs> I wish it was just that is a mood boy because like, <laughs> yeah. they can do with the yeah. work yeah. put them on thankfully we had a network that was uh, willing to let us be fully creative and let us do, they let us, like the hands off, let us do what we needed to do. So literally I'm in charge of the day-to-day, um, top to bottom, to making sure that what was created in the writer's room and what the directors wanted to see on screen was executed. And I think I did a good job. Sounds like a job I want. Damn, that sounds good. I want that, I want that comma. Yeah. I would love that. <laughs> it's a fun job. It's honest. And for someone like me, who's like definitely a half creative, half business, like equal parts right and left brain, um, yeah, it was, it's like right up my alley. Cause I got to input creatively when I needed to. Um, and I got to run shit, which is what I like to do. You on another level. I ain't even saying I my do. son cause I don't want no beef. Yeah, um, like all yeah, yeah I already know. I already, I already know. I, I don't my want no side eyes. <laughs> My mom too. My mom too. Beautiful women. No, Virgos are dope. Virgos. I'm not even gonna front. You know what I'm saying? But what's one thing about the EP role that you didn't expect that you that you encountered? No, no, I guess just didn't say not that I didn't expect, but was a constant reminder to me every day is that it rests on me. Like there are no excuses. It's there are days when like shit falls apart or somebody makes a mistake, and it's not my mistake. And I just want to be like, well, I ain't do it. And that's not real. Like, no, it doesn't matter if I did it or not. It falls on me. Heavy is the head that wears a crown or whatever. There we, go, there we go. So it's, um, that was just a constant surprise. And, and to have to check myself constantly and be like, you can't just like pass this off to somebody else because they messed up. Mm-hmm. Like if they messed up, you messed up. So how do we fix it? And just being prepared always to, to fix something. And actually, in being excited about 
knowing that I was going to have to solve a problem. That was a new skill that I hadn't right. learned. I'm a good problem solver. I've always thought of myself as someone who did well in problem situations, but I don't look forward or didn't look forward to them. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> doing this show, the way we did this show, I got very good at anticipating the problems and like being ready for them and excited for like, how am I going to fix this today? And it was a daily thing. <laughs> now, okay, we talked about the behind the scenes and everything, but and we talked about the themes of the show, and you even talked about how it's not something that is spoon-fed to you, let's say. Right. And, okay, I watched the first episode, I think third and fourth episode, and I'll just be dead honest, the first episode, I watched it late at night, I went to bed that night, <laughs> nightmares. That's what everyone keeps saying, they're like Yo, so afraid of the first episode. Oh, okay, and you'll it's know why. It's not it's a section And you'll of know why I had an arm grab me in the middle of the night. <laughs> And I woke up like, damn it, Kelly. Ripper like, the Reaper. Yeah. Yes. She came like, to get yeah. you. Yeah. It was like, whoa, that was a lot, you know? And it wasn't, the, okay, some of my moments from the show that, I mean, just blew me away were obviously like the the white devil genre. Like, that was like, wow. You know, I mean, you're talking about stuff that's not spoon-fed. For those who haven't seen it yet, the white devil genre, they're talking about white men in movies when they just act wild and get away with pretty much everything because yeah. there's only white people around them or they're attacking people of color. And it, like, a uh, Baby Driver, I think there was a quick shot of there, yeah. um, mm -hmm. which I effing can't stand that movie, Falling Down. You and you, Chico, I don't know why. Yo, because it's terrible. You know, straight up and down. It's a, You know, it's an okay movie. Look, Baby Driver, the intro, this is why everyone loves Baby Driver. Because there's a white boy who dances on beat in the intro. And everything happens on beat <laughs> I just in like the everything intro. Honestly, because I like everything that happens on beat in the lines. But that's, that's not, but that's not there, no, there. Go ahead. Yeah, and then after that, it loses it. So it's like, you know, what was going on in the writer's room? How did y'all decide, okay, this works, this doesn't? You know, how did for, we get here? For for White Devil, I can I have to give all credit to Terrence. <laughs> that is like Terrence's baby. He has been this is like that's like his opus almost. He has mm. been trying to screen mm. that, that and me. that and the uh I guess the juxtaposition of the White Angel segment, which is about like the white savior film. Okay. Oh. Wow. Uh mm. he just he wants to illuminate the tropes mm. that are like obviously played out over and over and over again in Hollywood and like with no sort of check mm -hmm. check to it and some of the white I think he also did I don't know if you guys have seen it online make sure you go check it out whitepeoplewon'tsaveyou.org I heard of that no. I, 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 I've heard of that what it is a 30 minute clip of all the white savior films oh no like a supercut. we talk about that. this wow. all the time on here yes. Right, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like... So between oh. the White Savior movie and the White, the white Devils, like the, the anti-heroes. You know, we talk about White Savior, but I've never heard of the White Devil genre. Yeah. And then it was like when he shows all these clips, it's like, oh, shit. Yeah. like, that movie, that movie, that movie. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah. The, the, the thing about that clip that, that says the most to me are the, the show creators that are in there that are talking about they wanted to create these characters that they felt like resonated with them or the average man. Yo. And it's like, what are you talking about? When my man from Breaking Bad was like, that was me. I'm like, yo, because I talk about this all the time on here. Walter White okay. is a, you know, is the worst. Walter, And even in that clip, it was killing me because they were talking about how that dude was trying to say, oh, Walter, you know, well, not actually there was one thing I even disagree with Terrence in there because he was saying that Walter does these things um, to save his family or whatever, and he's forced into it. But Walter did everything out of ego. 
you know, out of straight being a white devil, pretty much. Well, I think that's what Terrence is trying to to illuminate, though, is that, like, these things are existing in them always. Yes. And it's just there's some catalyst that allows it to come out. Mm Mm-hmm. And then now it's and just okay. that's exactly okay. what I always said about Walter White. It's just, it's, it's okay now. Yeah, he, he was who he was when he was sitting in that chem lab teaching. Right. He was a scumbag then. Right. It was just, he was waiting for his moment. He was waiting and for his moment. And he was a moment. scumbag to the end. And if you love Walter White, whatever, B. That dude's the worst. <laughs> See, I'm over here crushing Brother Chris's hopes and Shouts dreams. Shout out to Brother Christopher. He's in the room with F us. F Walter White. Okay, okay. And anybody who loves him. All right. <laughs> After hearing everything that you've been saying and everything that I've watched and really just thinking about it, um, I actually expected, you mentioned that HBO was very hands-off. Awesome. I expected them to be. I feel like, th- I've always felt like they were more progressive. I don't know if you want to call them a network, but a network. Um, how the hell did you get them to say yes? Yeah. So. Word. Because sh- <laughs> yeah. it's just like, you can't quite, and on purposefully, and, and it's not because there's, it's not because you can't, but, it, but it's a very distinct type of project. So, and so you, and you don't want to, define it when it can't when it's going to be defined different way for different people right. how did you even so uh yeah. terrence as a long-term friend named tamir muhammad who's also one of the eps on the show yeah and he was working at this company called 150 which is a time warner subsidiary and it's an incubator program shout out to young guru yeah so yeah. that's his uh, yeah tamir gave terrence yeah, tamir. some money to I, produce the presentation yeah. Yeah. Um, and so we did like a 15 minute presentation and presented that to HBO. Y'all got yo, <laughs> the timing was perfect. Wow. Because Tamir is, I think, bounced out of, or is, I might have right. edited all that, but yeah. Right, but you have to edit that. <laughs> but see, what Ben Ami said was actually referencing, in my head, a reference to something else about you mentioned timing being perfect. We're in a time now where it seems like surrealist black art is the wave mm-hmm. when you see things like Atlanta. Um, you know, when you see things like sorry I mean, to bother you, yeah, sorry to bother you, get like out. like like that seems to be the get out. Mm-hmm. That's the move right now. Yeah. Um, and granted, we've been doing this, um, but also we had mentioned it. You know, maybe last year, I would say in the last three years we came in this black renaissance mm-hmm. of stuff so do you think that also lend to like hbo saying we want our own version or you're just like nah this was this is just a dope project <laughs> both both okay. and uh we were it was already in the works but you know having something like let's say atlanta on television and the reception yeah. d- helps keep it going right like it opens people's minds like oh people are into this people care about this sort of thing uh-huh. uh, we were already working on the project when atlanta debuted but uh it definitely helps and the more we can get these sorts of voices out i think the broader the horizon i think that it's important to show that like black art is not one thing like we can have the have and the have nots and all the mother shows if <laughs> for people that want to watch those shows and then we can also have Atlanta and Random Acts of Linus. We have the cameras in here. <laughs> yeah, you know what I realized? But it's like that white people don't Russell have to have Simmons one type of show. Comedy no. show on Netflix. Well, 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 also, well, also <laughs> what's traditionally been when it comes, comes to the default viewer, what's traditionally been is there's never been a question about can this person be silly and kind right. and rude and right. mean and, and egotistical, but also the savior. Like there's never been a question when it came to the default view. Right. right? So, you know, they said, well, we write this character and, and the first thing that goes on a lot of people's mind was like, they gotta be white. Right. Whereas with us, we've had such limiting viewpoints. It's always just like, Oh, you want to have a character that's talking to dinosaurs. Why would they be a black person? Right. It's just like, why would they not? That that also goes back to the idea of that there's not any 
black writers because there are none of us, there are none around. So that's why we couldn't have written that. And it's like, well, if you just hired some people, we could have been doing this a long time ago. It's almost as if you invest in diverse cast yeah. and characters and people behind the scenes and wow. market, you you successful. That's interesting that's how that works. Wow. That's, so cr- that's wild. That's, that's wild. Wow. Wow. I never thought that about that before. That. That's, that's so that's deep, right? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's <crazy>. illuminating. <laughs> okay, so what is next for Random Acts and for you in particular? What? Um, a break first. Word. <laughs> 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 Uh, but we, uh, thankfully, we're renewed. Mm-hmm. Congratulations so. on that. Oh, that was fast. I, 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 I didn't know I, I, that. I, 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 yeah, it was dope. I knew that. Yes, really, yes. really quick renewal. Mm-hmm. Uh, HBO definitely sees the value. And they said, yes. Uh, <laughs> part of that, though, is because of the critical response and the Twitter response, honestly. Yes. Uh, we just had uh, dinner with our executives, and we all were talking about how we thought people were going to like the show. And, like, mm. I mean, we thought it was dope, and we knew that. Like, there wasn't really anything like it on television before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was going to be exciting. But what really blew us away were the responses that were like, I never felt seen. Like, I've been looking for this show my whole life. Um, and illuminating people that don't get a chance to be on television a lot. Uh, in the mm-hmm. second episode, we do a whole thing on transgender. Mm, yes. And uh, that was really, really powerful for a lot of people because, and they were be able to tell their own stories versus mm-hmm. us giving them some sort of like dialogue and saying, this is what your drama should be. They were just able to speak from their hearts about their experiences. So, uh, yeah, shout out to Twitter and, <laughs> and all those critics out there. Thank you. You guys got a huge response to Afropunk as well. Yeah. I was, I was at, I don't, were you there? Yeah. Okay. Because when they talked about it, I was like, yeah, that's my shit. Like, I'm like, okay, yeah. I love it. How does so, that feel? When you're at an event and somebody randomly brings up or somebody like praises your show and lauds you and you're there and some people at this time probably didn't know you were there. Like, how does it feel to get that praise? It's so rewarding just because it means that we did our job. Not even from like an ego. I mean, obviously, like it feels good to get praise. But more importantly, like we wanted to make sure we were creating a show for our people and for people that don't get to feel seen. And so to hear back that feedback that's like, yes, I feel seen. It's like, okay, we did our job. Mm-hmm. And there, you know, some people have problems with certain things. And actually, we like welcome that. Mm-hmm. Like, we want to hear more of that. When the first episode dropped, we were so disappointed because all of the, I guess, conservative white reaction was like, oh, they're racist. And it was like just this basic racist thing. And we were like, that's it? Like, we knew y'all was going to come with that. Like, give me something. Like, make me actually question if I went too far. Make me actually, like, wonder, did I overstep a line? Like, did I say something that was untrue? But instead it was just like, uh, no, y'all racist. And so there have been some critiques of the show that really made me think, like, oh, maybe we did, like, maybe that was too far. Maybe we should have thought differently about how we did that. Um, and that's important for us. We want that feedback. This is supposed to be a conversation. Mm. And um, I think people are still discovering the show. I think people are going to continue to discover it. Uh, season finales this Friday. Make sure everybody watches. Nice. Nice. Very yeah. good. Um, but I think it'll continue. And I think that there's a lot more to be said. And I can't wait to hear more people's voices about what they think of the show. And just the conversations that, that I think are that are had every day on Twitter about all of these topics. Um, but haven't been necessarily found in the show, and I'm excited to, to see people discover that. Is there anything that you didn't get to do this season that you wanted to do 
that you can reveal Ooh. that you're not that you may put in season two. I can't I tell said y'all. Right. I shouldn't have said that. Damn. What is the reveal? She said, nope. That was, I, yeah, I, I threw that off the back. Well, I mean, I listen, I would love to tell you, and maybe when these mics are off, I'll tell y'all some of them. We had, so when we did our writer's room, we did a, like a blue sky period where we just sort of like, just let's just sit and talk and just like see what's in the world, what's in us right now. And we started this last September, so about a year ago. And this was right around the Me Too movement mm-hmm. beginning and all the, like, every day at lunch we were like, uh-oh, this person did this and this person did that. And can you believe so-and-so this? And so it's, um, a lot of that is reflected. You can see a lot of that reflected in the show, actually. But we had 400 sketch ideas when we finished the writer's room. It sounds like a blue sky meeting. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a blue sky meeting to me. And we narrowed it down to, uh, I want to say between 150 and 200 and we probably ended up shooting 100 segments for the show. So there's a lot on the floor. It's some really good stuff. And I beg Terrence, like, please let us bring this back next season. <laughs> and some of it he says no to, but I, I can't hold him to his no, so I can't tell you. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell y'all after. Right, right, right. We don't need to have the whole crew in here, man. We got to get the whole room up in here at some point. Oh, yeah. there. And honestly, these writers... And directors of the show are some of the most amazing, creative, young talent out there. I promise you. Like, you'll be hearing these people's names forever. They are so smart. They are so talented. Um, And the way that they, like, flip things and made me think about things differently. I just had this conversation. We were talking about minimalism and the idea, what's the joy of, oh, what's the name of that book? Got me. It's a book about minimalism. It's all about, like, throwing (laughs) shit away. The joy oh. of tidying up. I think that's what oh, it's okay, 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 okay. And there's I also had you with the glue. I was about to get it. I was about and to get it. There's also a documentary about these two guys and their whole minimalist movement. And when we were talking about that in the writers' room, they were like, "Well, you know, minimalism though stems from privilege." Mm. Ooh, say that. And I was like, I never thought about it like that. Yeah. Like you have to have stuff to all to these, be like all these dudes burning their Nikes today. Like, bro, I was gonna say cutting them checks off that they already own. That they already by own. The way. Yeah. Right, they already paid for. Air Monarchs <laughs> are gonna be at a premium soon <laughs> because people don't understand the concept. These are the kind of people we're dealing with. Yeah. yeah, but it's just like you have to have stuff to be able to throw it away. Yeah, it's the idea of like the tiny home living. Yeah. Like, yeah. I lived in a tiny home. I didn't choose that. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Shit. It was Reed. called Queens. <laughs> it's called the Projects. Right. 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 It's called I wish Valley I shows that. It's called Valley Stream. Right. right. Exactly. Right. But just like the, those conversations, like like flipping things on their head and thinking about things in a different way, was a big part of that writers' room, and it was such an honor to be a part of it. Honestly. Fire, man. All right, we got to talk about that writers' room. Uh, once we, you know, I'm raising my hand right now. Once this, <laughs> we go off this air, I'm putting like, any elbows. I was just like, <laughs> at some point between minute one fifty six <laughs> and thirty six two, Ben is going to jump in. Hey, Ben, don't. Uh, you Would know, you ben care for some scripts? Ben does not pass up opportunities. <laughs> I, I said, raise your hand. Hey, I'll raise no, raise hand your hand. Raise time. your hand. Though. You taught us that, but. You know yeah. it. All right. And, well, you have survived the interview segment of the For All Nerds show. It's been a while since I've said that, you know. Wow. Right. Yeah. And now it is time for the brap segment, our rapid fire questions. Oh, Lord. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It's going to be just yeah. like random acts of flyness. All over the place. Let's go. <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> All over the place. We have Kelly Robbins Hicks. Are you ready? 
I don't know. <laughs> I, I Not love, stay ready. I, I get in the mood. love the energy when it comes to the breath. Everyone's scared to death. It's the best. Yeah, but you're not going to be scared. Of it. I have no Third idea word, why. Third I stay either. ready. Thank no, you. Keep, All ready. Keep them scared. This is a scary. Not the tray. Not the tray. Oh, the tray. Not the tray. Yeah, not the well, tray. Uh-uh. No, Beyonce. This is, you know, and Shout on Beyonce's yes, birthday. Beyonce's birthday. Third come word. On, yes, happy yes, B-Day. Yes, come on. This is where we come from. B-E-Y. I'm so happy to have you here. People don't understand that tray. Yes. <laughs> like, I had Bomani Jones on, and you know he's Northside, and no, I was just like, bro, so you know, sad. That's, that's cool and all, but you know, <laughs> these down south gangs, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> all right, the rap segment number one: Luke Cage or Black Panther? Black Panther. All right. Magneto or Professor X? Yes. Yeah, come on now. That's got to make sure. Oh. We've had some people shocked the hell out of me. They was like, hey, no, who up next to me? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying, I don't know how she got involved with your crazy I'm ass. I'm going to say Professor X. <laughs> Professor X. Okay. okay. That feels lame, but that's the real answer. It's not, I mean, you it's, have your it's reasons. It's your choice. It's your yeah, choice. so it still feels lame. <laughs> Wakanda or Zamunda? Oh, Zamunda Please all day. <laughs> Zamunda That is a wonderful yes. choice. <laughs> I like the jazz. I mean, <laughs> I like the jazz. I oh. like listening to Smooth Jobs and R&B. <laughs> Zamunda forever. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. No. I like the flip. I like that flip. Okay. Okay, let's see. This is probably going to be pretty easy. The Wire or Breaking Bad? <laughs> the Wire, which I actually started again last night for like the eighth time. I know, right? Every time. Yeah. Yeah, every. Yeah, I, I swear I was watching it one time on a rewatch, and when they killed Omar, I rewound it. Like, nah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> you knew it was coming. You knew it was coming. Um, Fresh Prince or Martin? Fresh Prince. Never was a Martin girl. Thank you. Never. I didn't do it. Uh-uh. <laughs> Brumman's from uh, Houston, though. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. my sister met him in a Denny's. Oh, right. The Denny's right oh, to the gallery. Oh, oh okay. I guess. Yep. Was it the fifth <laughs> Denny's? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, y'all want shit on Martin. Y'all know y'all laughing. Um, Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. <laughs> well, first of all, I'm Ben almost out. choked on his juice. He said, <laughs> How? I have Why never neither? in is my it, time is it, have heard of Wait, wait. Now I need an explanation. Is it because of the sci-fi component or are you just not into them? I mean, I'm probably I've never seen either. Okay, I, that doesn't really shock me. Are you not into sci-fi, or is it just that? Uh, I would say I'm not not into sci-fi, but okay. it's yeah. like it's probably like if I actually took the time to watch, I probably would mm. actually really enjoy it. But it's you probably it's pick, a little bit of barrier, you Star entry Trek barrier. Got you. I'm sure you picked Star Trek. You watched I it would probably. say it was probably Star Wars, though, if I had to guess. <laughs> Curses! Victory! <laughs> you know, I really liked you before this <laughs> rap segment. I'm like, sorry. for real. Like, you was dumb cool. Curses. Like, I'm still really cool. That's another thing. Somebody, this, this is neither here nor there, but somebody who's listening, please explain to me where the phrase curses comes from. Because I've been saying that all week and I don't know where it stemmed from. Every it's from you saying a curse. It's no, but like, where did that start? Instead of cursing, they said curses. Where did it start? Girl, you better Google that. We yeah, gotta finish Google this don't know. <laughs> Google don't know. I checked. Google don't know. Somebody gotta gotta check for me. Okay, what's your favorite superhero movie of all time? Oh well, do the X Men count superheroes? Yes, yes. yes. X Men too. Oh, there we go. Uh, Very nice. good choice. Very good. But choice. I should say the Avengers because I was in it. I saw that on your IMDb. But wait, wait, okay. wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. wait, 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 whoa, whoa, whoa. But, uh, yeah, when? Rewind it's the tape. It's like, you'll blink, you'll miss yes, me. Yes. 
at the end, after the war, yep. the big war, and they're interviewing people about... When, when all the shots are yeah, going like by right Stanley. I'm like right, right after there. Stan Lee. Oh, going, you being I'm, interviewed? I'm you being one of the yeah. standby, standard yeah, bystanders? Bystanders, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I say something like, I just think there's a lot they're not telling us. <gasps> That's you! Oh, yeah, I swear I remember that. I, I remember, remember that, that Something yeah. like that. Yeah. But it is a, like, you just, you know. I'm just, yeah, here or there. I'm, I'm there and then I'm gone. But now that you say it, I'm like, I remember that. So you are in the MCU. Yeah. Yes, you are You are a superhero. I should have a... Like a Atrophigure. figurine yeah. and something. There we go. Yeah. I should be rich. I'm not. <laughs> <Hey>. <laughs> but X Men too. That's okay. wild. Yeah. That's wild. Uh, who was your first geek crush? Ooh. I don't know if I have an answer for that. <laughs> TV show. It could be Anything. cartoon. TV any, show. Any type of crush. Any type of crush? I mean... Let me not even dump in that. Keep it to fictional. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I, nope, I don't know. No. Keep it fictional. Ooh, Keep it fictional. Ooh I saw that. I saw that coming. Well, like, like, <laughs> like, she's like, Jeff, don't. Okay, this yeah. is not a geek crush at all, but I do remember being obsessed with Lorenz Tate because of Love Jones. Oh, okay. As like a 15-year-old. I think people are still obsessed with that man. He looks exactly the same. He does, but he's a tiny person. <laughs> <laughs> he looks tiny. But... I'm not a tiny person. I should a... say that. Yeah. I'm not. A... He... Nothing wrong with tiny people. <laughs> does he live in a tiny house? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I can't even wear heels next year. I can't even wear flats. Um... <laughs> I'm not a tiny person. Sorry, Lorenz. <laughs> Genetics. You're still fine. <laughs> I'm pretty sure he got Infinity faded out. But yeah. what character death hurt you the most? In any Ooh. media. In anything. Wow. What character death? That's a deep question. I mean, just because you just brought it up, mm-hmm. it made me think of like Omar on the wire. Mm. Because it's so unexpected. So Actually, Stringer Bell. Too. Oh. Just wire all day. I could go. Actually, no, Wallace. Yeah, okay. Wallace. Yeah, because Stringer, Wallace. I was like, you need that this. hurt myself. Yeah, but Idris Elba's fine. True indeed. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wallace, and I just watched that oh. like two nights ago. It was oh. it's heartbreaking. He's just a baby. Yeah, Breaking. he's just a baby. And watching those two other this. boys. Yeah, oh, like... just awful. So just because it's off top of my head, and I just saw it recently. Yeah. No. I mean, that one's hard. No, that's, yeah. Young Killmonger. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Between where's Wallace and Wakanda Forever, Michael B. Jordan been fed the fuck up with y'all <laughs> for at least a decade, yo. <laughs> okay, what's your favorite Wesley Snipes movie? Wow. Yeah, no. <laughs> my favorite Wesley Snipes movie. Okay, first thing that popped in my head was Jungle Fever, actually. There you okay. go. There you go. Uh, I think I'm gonna stick with that. Yeah. 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 I was gonna say White Man Can't Jump, but no, Jungle Fever. Both are both are underappreciated classics in his. But he really got to show his like actual like acting range in mm-hmm. Jungle Fever. Yeah. Like what he could do as mm-hmm. a thespian. Yes. There we go. So yeah. Wow. These are great and random. Absolutely. I told you. Okay. Um if you could have any one superpower, what would it be? Oh God. Okay. Um I think to fly. I wanna say read somebody doesn't mind read people's minds, but that would be that could be scary. That could be backfire really yeah. fast. Yeah, so but good. I always fly in my dreams and it's so dope. And I would love to know what that would feel like in real life. Like I, in my dreams, I just like start walking and I just like take off. And to be able to do that in real life would be so amazing. 
Not to be corny, but you're already, you're already flying right now. Oh, Boom. Yeah. And you're doing random acts of flyness. Look at that. Flying everywhere. <laughs> All right, well, you survived the brat segment. Oh, hallelujah. You, you survived the interview <laughs> segments. It wasn't that bad. No, it was, oh, no, no, we got to do it like Shannon Sharp. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Ain't no problem. Please let the internets know where they can find you at. They can find me at K Rob Hicks, K R O B H I X. Uh, IG and Twitter is the same. Mm-hmm. And you can. Check out my work on Friday nights, HBO, Midnight, Raina Max of Flyness. And the uh, season finale is this Friday? This Friday, September 7th. Yep. Boom. AKA my B Day. Oh, that is <laughs> perfect. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, thank you for joining us. Thank and you for having me. Oh, no, no. It's been a pleasure. Yes. You know, Trey Ward in the house. Yes, all day. He finally has a fellow <laughs> gang member. What? I'm so happy. It feels so good. So happy. And with that, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back with more of the show. Hi, this is Marjorie Liu, and when I'm not bitching about ex mocking of the movie, I'm listening to Fan Bros. This is Ta-Nehisi Coates, and when I am not reading Wicked and Divine or Darth Vader or Velvet, I'm chilling with the Fan Bros. Hello, this is Lexi Alexander. When I'm not on Twitter or kicking people to the head, I'm listening to Fan Bro Show. Should I try it without an accent? It'll never happen. This is Daniel Jose Older. When I'm not writing best-selling ass novels, I'm listening to the Fan Bros. Hi guys, it's Alfred Woodard. And when you are not skiing, roller skating, skateboarding, punching people out, you should be listening to Fan Bros. The best people are. Okay, gotta go. Love you, love you. Bye-bye. And welcome back to this episode of the For All Nerds Show. First off, thank you to Kelly Robinson. Hicks for joining us, representing that Trey Ward, Houston, Texas, up in the hills. Make sure you check out Random Acts of Flyness on HBO every Friday night at midnight. The finale is this week, September 7th. Make sure you tune in. Hit them up on Twitter. You know, express how you feel about it. We're loving the show over here. Who it is. I mean, this has been an action-packed episode. Yeah, like, man. You know, the spaceship is popping tonight. We have Asante in the crib. Oh, Idiot. you know, had to just jump right on in the boat. Boom, you know, you know. I mean, you are family. You know you know how we do this it. Is, no, this is fitting, though. Yes. I mean, random acts of flyness. Random, random acts of flyness oh right here. <laughs> I'm saying. It fits. <laughs> See, Tatiana, this is why you the body. You Yo, feel me? Episode oh, title oh. might have to be random acts of fly shit. Oh. You know, okay, I, okay. For consultory services, please email <laughs> jeffjinfo at gmail.com. Do you know Jeff J? If you if you are a face, but I've, right. I've met yes. you like right. for real, for real, like yes. the first time. So I, I love this, this shit. Is like, yeah. This is the this most is random and greatest happening. episode probably. No, yeah. Of, of the new it. era, of the new uh, For All Nerds era. Yes. Oh my God, this is my first of this era. Yes. Yes. Wow. yes. So the For <laughs> All Nerds era. Welcome, welcome. But you know what we got to do next? It is. One of my favorite segments on the show. The guac is extra. The frequently asked questions. The guac is extra. Make sure you hit us with your questions on Instagram, on Twitter, at For All Nerds. Or you can email us, 
contact at fanbros.com. And what is up first tonight? First up, it comes from Omar Manolo. They write, <laughs> are you excited for Iron Fist Season 2? And will it be better than the first one? Oh, excited. That's a big word. Can't um, relate. <laughs> Didn't watch season one, not doing it with season two. Yeah. Okay. So so here's the thing. I'm not excited. However, I'm optimistic. Yes. The reason being is because of Luke Cage. So when yes. the episode, episode and a half of when Iron Fist was involved, to me that actually fixed the whole problem of Iron Fist mm-hmm. or, or this version of Iron Started Fist. Started to. Started to because he was 100% cornball and now he's like 45%. Yeah cornball so i can tolerate him he's more uh palatable so i will say that i feel better about it because then also they're gonna since they already done the integration of luke cage they're going to integrate luke cage um characters going in the other direction going into the direction of, of iron fist so i'm looking forward to them continuing to expand the universe i'm not excited but i'm open not like how i was before before i was hating yeah yeah, definitely. I, I'm about the same. Like, I enjoyed a lot of Iron Fist Season 1 only because I, I watched it just, you know, full, this is ridiculous, and so let me laugh. We were hate-watching. Yeah, but I, no, I also enjoyed the Meachums. I thought the whole... No, the Meachums was hilarious. Yeah, they were amazingly they were hilarious. hilarious. They so were that, hilarious. you know, all the zombie Meachum and all that, that was so good to me. Hilarious. What yeah. about you, Jeff? Yeah, I I echo your sentiments where I'm I'm more optimistic. Like, I'm optimistic based off of Luke Cage. Yeah. And, yeah, I think that with, uh, uh, what's his name, per, per, Permulator? The dude who, the dude who, who tanked, um, oh, um, Inhumans. Oh, uh, I don't know, but I know. I'm, I'm a, you're, you're about to witness the multitasking skills of Jeff J as Inhumans. I Google at the same time. But, um. Yeah, so that showrunner, that showrunner is off, right? So now that he's off, I think that it's going to get real better. Like, you see it night and day with freaking, um, what you call it? From Iron Fist to Luke Cage. Mm -hmm. The Luke Cage season two. You see it night and day with the character. And I think if they take it in that same direction and just expand, it'll be fine. And there were, you know, with all the Coachella fisting aside, there were enjoyable parts of that season one. It was very flawed, but there were enjoyable parts if we keep it 100. And if they just build on that and go in a totally different direction, they're fine. The the enjoyable parts were when he wasn't in the scene. Colleen Wing. But anyway. Okay. uh, I feel optimistic. So Misty Knight's also in the second season. That too. And I want to see the whole Daughters of the Dragon stuff. Yes. Next question comes from, and actually someone said the word already, Ben said the keyword. This comes from Adledge. Um, actually, no, I'm going to switch that up. This comes from Indie Idealist. Okay. You used the word earlier. Dear fan fam, in a Walking Dead style scenario, would you have the intestinal fortitude to kill your co-hosts if they turn zombie? What? Or would you be unable to out, been able, excuse me, would you be unable to get out of your sentiment and desire to find a cure. Oh, y'all yeah. dead. Yeah, desire yeah, to find a cure. Y'all, y'all dead. First of all, y'all yeah. dead. I'm so sorry. Everybody got to die. I have no desire to find a cure. I'm my desire is to survive. If we was yes. in the medical, if we was, you know, <laughs> yeah, medical. I'm right. Not, yeah. If we had PhDs or something, you know, I could cook something up. Even if I was a, a hood chemist and I could, you know, put you on crack to save you for a little bit longer or something. <laughs> but I can't even. Sure. I can't even do none of that. So. Ain't no strain of re- weed gonna bring back <laughs> your co-host. Now bro. you know what. If I turn zombie, you give me a J, I might just smoke that and walk off. 
So I'm not saying that just to survive, but I'm telling you for me that yeah. might work. But on the other foot, I mean, they say you know when you become a zombie, like in the Night of the Living Dead, they all went to the mall because that's what they did in life. Mm. So I am mm. definitely gonna sit there and roll weed. Yep. <laughs> Yo, what if THC what? is the cure for zombieism? My thing is, not, well, he said Walking Dead style, okay? So that means they're just going to, we're going to be mindless. Yeah. You're not there. So basically, I feel like I'm already dead. Yeah. So keep Merc it, me. Just merc me. I'd yes. rather, you know what I'm saying? I mean, this is kind of morbid. They say pull the plug if I'm ever on life support. I feel the same way. I'm just like, just take me out. Oh, yeah, I, if you love, I feel like this. If you love me as your co-host, you would take mm, me out. Yeah, right. yeah. Keep I'm, that same energy yes. on and put two right here <laughs> yeah. in the middle of my forehead because I'm going to get you. Yeah. Yes. Right. Word. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. Dead me up. Okay. <laughs> Jamie. Because they be corralling Hate people me, in, the, in the barn talking about oh, we going to save them. <laughs> Ain't no corralling going to happen. We, well, we going to keep you in the studio. We going to keep you in the studio. Yo, just tape them up to the nope. tape them up to the chair. Let them do drops. That was my favorite season of Walking Dead when they spent that whole damn season looking for that little girl. And she was in the barn the whole time. <laughs> she was over there like, Mom, I got something to tell you. I got some good news and some bad news. Favorite it. season ever. Um, th- now, this question comes from Adelage. They write, each of you have an opportunity to bring back one of the Infinity War characters that died. Mm. Who would you choose? My king, my king. <laughs> I mean, I, mean, I didn't want to be cliche. I was like, <laughs> there's not uh, much choice here. Falcon, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> see? <laughs> say, ain't nobody coming to see you, Otis. Ain't nobody thinking about no yeah, Falcon. Nobody, nope. nobody, especially Mackie. Not even top yeah. five. Yeah, not even, yeah I'd, I'd bring back Star Lord before that. Really? You bring back Star. You bring out J.R. Smith? Yeah. Yo, who's gonna make the meme with <laughs> who's gonna make the meme with LeBron being Iron Man and J.R. Smith being Star Lord? Oh my god. No. Yo, I, I'd, I'd, I'd bring back Spider Man. I bring back Spider Man because I feel like he would. I I think he's gonna be. He would be needed a little bit more, just like in terms of because he's actually pretty smart. So you might be able to see another dimension just because I'm a stand. That's my favorite character, but either him or or um the Black Panther. Yeah, you had logic behind it. I was thinking so sentimental. I was like, oh yeah, he did. He did catch the L. Like I I was just suppressing my emotions because they like his death. And you know that was ad libbed, right? Yeah, yeah. What yeah. that yeah, part? Like he oh, only feels so good. Yeah, like that. Like that wasn't in the script. No, no, I don't feel so good in the script. I think, right. and it's the rest of that. It's when he all, says, "I'm sorry," yeah, that's all ad lib. Oh. All the falling down, yeah. all the everything he did in that. Scene. He just went with it. Yeah, yo, he just went with it. Yo, Tom Holland, beast. don't sleep, don't sleep on Tom Holland, man. Beast. That's that's like a, that is a thespian. That yeah. is an artiste, <laughs> bro. Beast. Who would you bring back? Asante. It would have to be the Black Panther. Black Panther for sure. Absolutely. There's really no ifs, ands, or buts about it. What about you? Um, I'm going to have to go with Spider-Man because, like I said, I was just crying. He's just a kid. She saw him on Lip Sync Battle doing that dance. She was like, bring back my Tom. <laughs> bring back my baby Bring back Tom. my baby. I that was him. a sad-ass scene. I was like, damn, Spidey. Oof. Um, this is actually a great question that you're here. Um, Asante, if you guys don't know, is a musical connoisseur. Mm, oh, yes, this is, is music related. Yes, he is. I, I, I get... You know, I mean, obviously, DJ Madden DJ's in his but name. Hey, I mean, I you know, your name is DJ. I you know, know that goes without saying. So. Yes. You know, I, I That's another thing. If you see Asante that putting Blood up... That Blood Orange album? The new one? I haven't listened to it yet. If you see Asante putting mm. up playlists, definitely send him your thanks through his Cash App or through yes. his Venmo or something because he puts a lot of time and effort into those playlists and he has a very good ear. So yes. definitely hit him up. I've so, named it to put in because you're putting in on my weed. 
Uh, at least he's telling you where the money's going. Okay. That's where it's going. Uh, unlike other places that don't tell you where <laughs> oh, the money's going, we're not and going still have not paid no. their <laughs> money in almost six I, or seven w- months. Let's go down that road only because That's I almost you, went, oh, you need and I had nobody else. <laughs> Holy shit! There was nobody else I could or I nowhere else I could go to talk to about this. So why not? <laughs> you almost went. I almost. When I yes, tell you, yeah. when it first came out, I was like, oh, I should do this, and I was like, no, let me not, you know, spend my money on this yet because I don't know my schedule's gonna be. Let me wait till it gets closer. And probably a week or two before, I was like, okay, I should buy this ticket. And then somebody was like, well, wait, are we gonna go together? And then the week before, you know, it all, or the week of, oh. I think, it all started to go to shit. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's why you trust your gut, yo. Yo, do you you want to know something that happened? Oh. You know, in their in their GoFundMe or whatever, somebody put five thousand dollars. Oh, and you know how Ooh. much that is, right? That's five racks. <laughs> They put five racks down, and they're just like, well, I guess I lost it. I guess I would drive to Baltimore. Wow. What was the joint from, um, um, oh, um, uh, Fury Road? Yeah. Oh, what's God. the joint called that they ride in when dude is playing, playing the, 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 dumb, the dumb guard? The, the war machine the, or yeah, something? The, the joint where he's war playing the guitar wagon. fire. Yeah. I would drive that on the I-95. <laughs> I would pass by College Park. i go to D.C. i wrap back around, come back to Baltimore playing the music. Five racks. Pick up some go-go bands while you're on the way. Oh, yeah, word, word, word. I would bust in their house. Boom. Yeah, yeah. Where's my buddy? Oh God! Because who lost this money? Listen, it, we're we're done. Oh. Do I, <laughs> we're done. I'm, do I'm I get a percentage if oh I can get some back? I am I'm crying. just curious. I am crying between Asante, the talent's going in, and him talking about he on <laughs> New Jersey Turnpike on the. Oh God! Okay. Yo, dogs. What was the question? Yeah, what is the question? Oh, I didn't even <laughs> read the question. Oh. It was five. I said five music. Rocks, okay, back, back I can to the music. Like I said, you know where the money's going. Hit up Asante with the players. Okay. <laughs> Cal Rogue writes, what are your top five hip-hop beats of all time, in no particular order? Oh. Um, beats, oh. Uh, beats are songs. Let's just say songs. Okay. Let's go with beats, though. Yeah, beats, beats, is, yeah. beats is way Beats, is, beats yeah. is specific. Yeah, because yeah. you use beats a lot of this. Yeah, yeah. You know, I really suck at this game. I'm going to just go on ahead and give my whole life to organized noise. <laughs> oh. Just because. Mm. Okay, but which, okay. Well, just okay. because mm-hmm. there are so many different. I, I grew up on Atlanta radio, Thank and, you. you know, Organized Noise ran, you know, the mm-hmm. music game, and they mm-hmm. ran the DJ game. Like, yes. all the DJs, they had, like, really cool intros and stuff. Like, Organized Noise had hands in that. So, I can't give you a top five. I'm going to just say. Southern Playlistic intro. I'm just saying there are so many beautiful, amazing things yeah. that Organized Noise gave to life. So, I'm just like, I'm going to just give my whole life to them. Elevators, some drums. Don't even have to give you a, a one through five. Just everything O-N. I'm on all the time. All the time. Liberation. Mm. See, you know. Oh, come on, bro. I mean, Outkast is the greatest group of all time. Don't talk to me. Don't at me. Don't at him. Don't Don't at me. Don't at at me. This T-shirt I've owned forever. I got this. Asante is wearing it. I actually, actually, this is the third time I bought this T-shirt, and this one has lasted two years. That's that's a uh, a quintessential Outkast picture. Yep. You know, I'm from ATL, so I got to take it all with me everywhere I go all the time. I, I bank had bounced on the Eiffel Tower. Mm. Oh, that's life goals. Oh, happy birthday, Beyonce, by the yes. way. Yes. Parlez-vous Francais. Ben's a Beamer video when they bank had bounced oh. at the end is one of the greatest videos of all that's time. That's life goals, man. Yeah. Yes. Um. All right, top five real quick for me. It's all about the Benjamins. Mm. Mm. Uh, um, I'm going to forget so much. Raise It Up by Slum Village because it's just one of their best beats of all time. Uh, Special Ed, I Got It Made. Um, the bridge is over, and Karate Chop by Motherfucking Future, cause that beat is so so fresh. 
Karate, you don't know Karate who, who Chop? Did that? Is DJ Mustard do that line? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Or was it Mike, Mike Will? No, I got that beat is, oh my yeah, God, is by itself. Nice. Yo, go I listen have... to the instrumental of Karate Chop. Okay, but because you added future to the mix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, March Madness. Oh, okay. March Madness that's one. is just. Yeah, that's one. Whoever, I agree. Whoever chop, made all them beats. God damn, <laughs> right. that Karate Chop, yo, that's just. Uh, <laughs> yeah, because I only have oh, a couple. Up, All right, uh, so I'm going a, I'm to a try to not, I'm going to, um, I'm going to tuck my New York bias, mm-hmm. and mm. I'm going to be more eclectic. So I'm, I'm going to give you, I'm going to try to give you one from a, a bunch of regions. So The Message by Nas. Oh. Like that one is like I, you know we could say That's all of Illmatic me. you could just yeah. put Illmatic as whatever like it, it'll go into like Hall of Fame so you could pick whatever from there but like that it was written as like my favorite Nas album mm. I don't know if it's the best but it's my favorite and that that has been one of the best ways to set off albums That's, ever so like I like that my heart sample for um uh still Dre yo i hear it now and i'm just yeah. like i can't stop moving i'm like mm. yeah. um Sounds you know I, I like i liked um uh rosa parks oh you know yes. he's playing uh, yeah. the wedding Who's march andre's playing the wedding the march in that song he's playing the wedding march he's playing the wedding march and then it falls apart he plays it and then he fall, makes it fall apart I did not know. Listen oh no, it. he does because at the end it picks it back up. If I'm Wait, not, not, not Rose, No, you said Rosa. I was about to say, but I know what you're talking. Miss you Jackson. Oh, Miss Jackson. Yeah, yeah you thinking Miss Jackson? Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, that that does. I, I did meet Rose Parks. That just that just popped into my head randomly. So I just. So yeah, Miss Jackson. He's playing. He's playing the wedding march. Why are you thinking? I don't have any specific beats, but I have producers. So I always say Pharrell. All his stuff, basically. And uh, Just Blaze. Just Blaze? You don't oh, know. Yes. The you don't know remix. Uh, oh, my God. That beat. Touch the Sky. <laughs> mm. That used to be my, in in uh, in college, that was my wake up alarm. A lot so, of you know, it's like, so you know how it starts? I'd be asleep and I hear I'm like, all right, all right, all right, let me get up. As soon as they get up, and then you know, and then it's like Kanye's preaching to you in the first one. I'm like, all right, I know, I know, baby, I'm going on it. I know, I get it, I get it. I'm like, all right, my nigga, I'm going. Gone on that he album. Was preaching one of my on favorite them, of all time. He was preaching on both of them out. On, yeah. on uh, what was and that? that College dropout. That one too. Oh my Ooh. god! If you know, I actually really like Daft Punk. Like huh? uh, Daft Punk on uh, what was the harder? Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, Daft Punk, uh, they have a song called "Something About Us." Mm. It's like one of my fav- all-time favorite songs. That, that reminds that. me of the greatest tweet of all time. What if Daft Punk was Uncasa and Montel Jordan? <laughs> Do you remember that is a classic? Tweet. <laughs> no. Somebody on Twitter one day years ago was like, "Yo, what if Daft Punk was really Uncasa from Dipset and Montel Jordan?" Now, if the retweet button was there back then, that would have went at least. Oh, you million. mean like one of the two of them was Both those of them, two of them? Yeah, just yeah, them. Yeah, oh, Uncasa and Montel Jordan. Like when every once in a while, every once in a while, people will bring it back up. Like that was like his. I don't even think he tweets like that anymore. That was like that's just a. Mic drop. Like I'm at done. the at the moment, How y'all it get with the two most randomest Random, people yeah. in America. This is how if you pulled off the mask, like this, this. is how we do. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. This is how we do it. The gangster yeah. music. Uh, random shit, man. <laughs> Just like Meryl Streep and Future. Random shit. Okay. Yeah, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> 
All one right. of these people is a felon, and the other one is future. <laughs> but, but one might. That's not shade. It's a public record. You think it's Snoop Dogg and what's the face? Somebody had that beer. One of these people is not a felon. Oh shit! Martha I'm thinking Stewart. of Martha Stewart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm not even under out. the influence of anything. <laughs> look, it's Meryl Streep. Wait, Jeff, are you, are you, Jeff, are you getting your <laughs> white woman <laughs> mixed up? Look, all I know is they mix us up all the time. <laughs> God damn it! If a white woman gets mixed in the mix every now and then, well, my head and not my heart. Oh my okay. God, this show is going off the rails. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Last last question comes from Ron Asia. They write, "Which director do you think should continue Guardians of the Galaxy?" As you guys may or may not know, James Gunn is no longer the director. So who should be the director? In your vast and, uh, and wise opinion, Hype Williams. Hype Williams. No, I'm just, <laughs> yes. No, I'm yes. out, man. I'm out. No, I'm yes. Hype. Yes. If the Hype Williams that rather it would be the fish lens. Can you just imagine? With the range, I was about to say, can you imagine the looks on everybody? The in looks the, would be fine. Shorty can't eat no books. You gonna see? You gonna see it open <laughs> oh, to nowhere? I've got belly lines. I've got belly lines all day, folks. See, everybody concentrated on the banana eating, and the, I don't like that. Damn, no, no, that's, I hate that's, to take that's you back weak. off the rails, but could you imagine if Hype Williams did like a comic book movie? Like how dope that might kind of be, especially if DMX is in it. What? Only. Yo, they don't see. Yo, they don't see. With the rings, I don't need you to slap your fingers. We don't need DMX in the MCU. Please don't. Hey, no fiction. No Please don't write him in. Oh my God. Okay. To the black okay. okay. So, so Asante, that's your answer, though. Okay. Asante said hype. We're gonna go with hype. Okay. Um, Jeff. I gotta get away from that because you're gonna be left. Um, Jeff. Uh, the strength. <laughs> the Black Panther has been stripped away. Uh, fuck it, <laughs> fuck it. Let, let's let's go all the way. Let's go all the way. M Night Shyamalan. <laughs> mm. I can see that. Wait, we'll, then all of a sudden, uh, Drax will be uh, Louis Gossett Jr. Or something. Oh my god, that'll mm. be the twist. That Jax mm. has been Louis Gossett Jr. this whole time. Wow. We remember wow. Avatar. I'm tired of these random characters becoming like old black men. Like, where did you get this? Huh? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I don't, why is Louis, Louis Gossett Jr.? Yeah. Why is he associated with him like Yo, Shyamalan? You, 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 you fucked this whole shit up. I love it. I love it. Yo. Thank you. You did. But this in a good way. In, in, a in, the, way. in the best Thank way you. possible. Um, I've got more. I'm not done. I would, <laughs> to me, this is obvious because he's next in line, kind of. Taika Waititi. Yeah. So the director yeah. of um, Thor, Ragnarok. Thor Ragnarok. Yep. And granted, I mean, I feel like at first I was like, "Well, is is it going to be too goofy?" And I was like, "No." It ain't even that. I don't Shit, want him. It's like to... the Dark World. It's going to be fire. But uh, but but let me be clear. I'm answering this just you to like answer the, the question. I mean, I'm <laughs> fucked up too. You know, you know what? I, mean. I don't know what he's on. <laughs> what have you been drinking? Water. Water. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, yeah, I'm answering this just to answer the question because I want to give an answer. But yeah. in reality, I mean, nobody. I I no. I'd rather it be somebody new. I really I'd rather, rather they give. Mm. You rather nobody. You rather, yeah, they just rather cancel the movie? Yeah, cancel the movie. There's wow. mad other properties Marvel can do. But they can't because isn't um, Adam come, Adam Warlock through Guardians of the Galaxy and they introed him I as think the... that's why they met with uh, YTT recently is to reschedule things and put a new Thor movie, throw in some of the Guardians on that Thor movie, wow. Rocket and Groot maybe. As, Guardian, as Guardians of the Galaxy. As that's gra- smart. Like the comic book, mm. there's a comic book right now as Guardians of the Galaxy. They standalone movie. Yeah, it just do Thor and then throw them in and okay. then have Adam Warlock come into that and draw today. Because okay. there's no need, you know. Because the, they don't really need, they've closed up everything yeah. already but yeah. Adam. And they can, they, yeah. Cosmic That's, Marvel yeah. can figure it out. Yeah, because that that name, Guardians, like you don't, and I, that's what I mean, I don't want 
Taiki to have to go and answer those questions because every single press conference will will open with, "Oh, so you replaced James Dunn?" Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So don't do it. Nope. Good. Yeah. That's the end of Guac. All right. Well, if you have any questions for us, you can hit us contact at fanbros.com or on our Twitter at For All Nerds, on the Instagram at For All Nerds. We take any and all questions as you hear. And, you, and now, now that Asante has started the process, it's going to be the way it is. You never know who's going to pop in. Yeah, you never know. You, you know? never know who's going to pop into this spaceship. Yes. And, you know, since we were talking about them before and the whole comments date. You know, just <laughs> we had to talk about some good things in comics and one of my favorite segments, comics icons. Thank you, everyone. Once again, I just try to reiterate this. You know, we've been using the comics I copped hashtag for mm-hmm. a long time. We started the cop Ironheart hashtag mm-hmm. to support Eve Ewing's new Ironheart book. I went down, I was in L.A., and I went over to a shop called Quest and pre-ordered it. I've seen so many people pre-ordering this book now. It is just absolutely incredible. Thank you. Keep using the hashtag CopIronheart, the hashtag ComicsIcopped, whether it's a new comic, old comic, doesn't matter. Whatever you're reading, buying, anything, stealing, I don't care. No! Hey, you know, if you read it, you know, because hey, a lot of people, you know, you that's how you do. It, you start, you know, and then you'll buy it. You know? I, I will say, and she's 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 talked to, to it several times. Eve has seen the hashtag. She's mm-hmm. seen the support. And it, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not just a lot of people think, oh, it's just out in the blue. She doesn't know this is happening. Oh, no. She sees it. This she, is on the ground. She had tears, as her yeah. tweet said, reading it. So please do that. Made sure, you know, thank you to everyone who's been using it. Um, in comments I copped this week, I got to big up this book. By Pamela Ribbon and Kat Faria from Only Ferris. Ferris, yes, Ferris. Sorry, I'm reading my own handwriting. (laughs) And yeah, Pamela Ribbon is actually she's the screenwriter behind Wreck It Ralph Two. She also worked on Moana, and she has this book, My Boyfriend Is a Bear. It's from Oni Press. What? Yeah, okay. yeah, <laughs> and that that could that, that you know, in what way? Of, a lot of bear. Okay, no, but this is the literal definition of a bear. Her boyfriend is a bear from the woods, and is he anthropomorphic? Bear? Like, no, does he, he walk around no, he does not. Like I mean, person? he does he does help around the house and get a job, but he oh. does not talk. He he speaks in growl. Well, if he gets a job, I can't really judge him. You know, yeah, he's no, he gets a good job. He, gets a, he gets a good job. This is a kid's book. No, it's it, it is a very adult book. Okay, yeah, I, just, very, I wanted yeah. to make Wait, sure before no we continue. Bestiality. That was my next question. I'm glad you asked. Oh that. no! Don't be making them faces, Ben. I mean, no, I felt like it's this not shown. Win. But her her boyfriend is a bear. All right, All right. and you you, and this is a comic you copped. This is what you're telling them to get. Like, just making sure we, just making sure we on the same page. This book is amazing, y'all. Why? I okay, lie. okay. Just, just quick. Why should I look beyond the bestiality, implied bestiality? Because it's, because it's, it's such book. a dope story about relationships and about like what it means to be in love with someone and like what it means to be in love with someone when you know you have to just accept someone for who they are. And it's about like, okay, you know, this bear is going to be a bear, but do I love this bear? You know, am I like just in love with the idea of being in love with a bear, or am I in love with this bear? Man, this is definitely the weirdest comic psychopt ever. <laughs> I was just gonna say I thought this was king psychopt. I was right? just gonna say cop Ironheart. I'm looking forward to that series. I've already pre-ordered. I promise you. You know, I swear to y'all, check it out. My boyfriend is a bear by Pamela Rabon, Cat Ferris. 
Pamela's going to be on the show very soon. We're going to have her to talk about um, her boyfriend being a bear. Her boyfriend being a bear <laughs> and Wreck-It Ralph too, and a lot of other things. The book is from Oni Press. I promise you it's a graphic novel. It's like 140 pages. It It's a great story. Good art? Yeah, great art. Just a dope-ass story, yo. I mean, look, I have mean, I ever steered your wrong? I was, going, I was literally about to say that. Thank you. I guess I have to take your word for it. Yes. I guess. Yeah, I mean, go for it. You know, don't, always. Don't sully the comments I copied. New issue of Wicked and Divine out this week. I can't wait for that. Yeah. You know, we've already been talking about it. Just one of my favorite books of all time. It's going down in history. If you have any suggestions or anything, like I said before, that you're reading, please use the hashtag ComicsICop. Thank you all for spreading that around. Cop Ironheart. Cop anything. Cop independent books. That's what we always talk about on here. Yes. Buy independent comic books. Buy. You know, also, you know, but then when we see something at the bid too, buy them too. You know, like when we see them putting out that work for e-viewing, get that book so we can see more of us at these big companies. And, you know, make these white people mad like we love to do. Fan Bros. F-A-N-P-R-O-S. For all the fan